Welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this um, uh, Tuesday, January 18th. This is season two, episode 50 of Live with CDP podcast. I want to say thank you to my friend Robert B uh, for my new opening intro for my podcast. Uh, I think Robert did a great job on it. So anyways, guys, there's a little bit of uh, audible. This is sort of like a quarterback audibleing a play. Unfortunately, um, my guest, uh, Lisa Plutalizzi, um uh, news producer for WJ, WIVB Channel 4 in Buffalo uh, could not make it. Something came up with her schedule. So uh, I was lucky enough uh, to uh, get one of my friends and one of the biggest Eagles fans out there, the Philly sports guy, to come on for a few minutes. And we'll talk about the Eagles loss to the Bucks, 31-15. And maybe just quickly preview overall how successful the season was for the Birds. And just take a quick uh, preview of the uh, NF, uh, NFL Divisional Round playoff games uh, this weekend as well, which I'm looking forward to. So uh, just give me one moment, and I'm going to bring on the uh, Philly sports guy. Hey, how you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great. How about yourself? No, not too bad. Not too bad. I literally just got home from Tampa, and you caught me at the right time. So it just was worked out perfect here. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate this. Like I said, it's like a quarterback in football. Sometimes you got to call an audible. So I was lucky enough. Good timing on my part. Exactly, exactly. So uh, how was – go ahead. So it, it was a lot of fun down there. Obviously, everything except the game itself. You know, it was, you know, we didn't really think that we were going to win, but, you know, I thought that we'd give a little bit better showing than we did. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like we, we, I think we have a really bright future. Uh, but at the moment right now, it's, you know, like it says, even though it looks really glim right now, just because of the way we lost that game, uh, I don't think that was a really, you know, big deal in terms of, I, I think we were going to lose and it doesn't matter how we lost. Yeah, I did say 31-17, so um, I, I just, I just like I said, I just didn't like the matchup. And uh, I think overall, like we said, we've predicted this, and you predicted it uh, months and months ago that the Eagles would win nine games, and sure enough, they won nine games. Yep, and it's, you know, I'm glad when they get to prove me right. I, like I said, I, I was hoping that I'd get to go to three more games this year. Unfortunately, the cards didn't, you know, run out that way. So now I get ready for the draft. Well, and, and then one of the things I noticed in this game too, Jamie, is constantly all year round, the Eagles got off to a slow start. And when you get off to a slow start in a, in a playoff game, especially against the Super Bowl champs, it's not a very good situation to be into being down 14, nothing after the first quarter. Yeah. And, and, and I felt that they didn't, they couldn't go down that, deep that quickly you know and I'll go all the way back to the coin toss you know we won the coin toss and I felt that this was one of the times where you 
go and get your offense on the field right away. You don't start with your defense here. I because you, you like I said, you're going up against the goat. You want him to be as cold as possible for as long as possible. So that's where I, I felt that maybe it would have been better off for them to go directly to, you know, like I said, go directly to offense and start running the ball and start, you know, doing what they do rather than go on defense, let Brady take some time off the clock. I mean, he only took five minutes. That first drive was exactly five minutes long, uh, and that culminated with a touchdown. And I feel like that that puts you behind the eight ball right away. And that's where, and then you go three and out. Then they go, they, they, they go drive again and they score another touchdown. Now they've had two drives. They took up 11 minutes and 23 seconds to our one minute and 23, you know, and ultimately the game, the game wasn't over then, but it was starting to be over. You know, there was just not there. You could tell that there wasn't going to be some miraculous comeback here. And I was going to say, Jamie, the Eagles were never built to be a comeback team. They are a team to to be in a tie game or be up ahead. And the thing is, so many teams now want to defer that ball to the second half. But to me, against a team like Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champs, or even a team like New England, I know New England's no longer a dynasty, but I, I thought with Buffalo, them getting the ball first, Josh Allen and the Bills getting that opening touchdown, punched them right in the mouth and to me. If I was a coach, most of the time, I would take the ball and get that offense on the field first because, I, to me, teams and most teams in the NFL are not meant to come back from big deficits. And and to me, I'd like to get the ball first. Right. Well, and I, like I said, it's funny that we talk about it like that, that the coin toss really becomes into play here. But literally, it was one of those things that I felt was important that we needed to be able to set the tone. We could not let Tom Brady set the tone. And when he set the tone, then it just kind of stayed that way. Yeah, and it's like somebody was saying, he's like a doctor or a surgeon. He'll dice and slice up your defense pretty quick and stuff like that. But you know one thing about the, the Eagles' defense, even though they were put in bad position by the offense with the turnovers, I think overall the defense, I'd give them a B-. minus. I think they kept the team in as best as they could because the offense just didn't have any rhythm. I put this in my Eagles blog. They just didn't have any rhythm until it was too late in the fourth quarter when they got those uh, uh, touchdowns by Boston Scott. And uh, who was the other touchdown by Kenneth Gain Gainwell? Correct. And that, that, that one touchdown by Boston Scott, you could tell that the defense just quit on the play. Like literally just quit on the play. They're like, okay, we're not even going to go after him. He can score a touchdown. Fine. You know what I mean? It was just funny. It was like, it was like, wow, they just let us score like that. You know, and then and then of course the second touchdown with four minutes left to go was like okay they actually tried a little bit but they 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 let up you could tell it was like not as uh, gung ho as they were earlier in the game and once once they got the onside's kick it was over and I was gonna say uh, there was some positives like I said uh, Devonte Smith had a few nice catches but he didn't get the ball enough in my opinion same with Quaz Watkins and next year I would like to see. Uh, them get some more wide receiver help. Obviously, Watkins, I'm a fan of, like yourself, but uh, they also need to address Jalen Rieger. I believe he's got two years, uh, 10 million or something like that on his contract, but to me, Jalen Rieger should not be a part of this team in 2022, in my opinion. 
I, I think that I think that you're wrong about that. Actually, yeah. I, I know that I know that okay. Jalen Rager, I know that Jalen Rager is been getting a lot of heat, and I I know that it's been in his head, you know, and, and unfortunately it didn't help. This game didn't help him, but I I feel that he's actually got more talent than he's been able to show, and you know they really did have Devonte Smith covered well this you know so there was a reason why they couldn't go to him the way that we would like for them to have gone to him and and i think that that played a big part in all of that like where it was just like okay what are we going to do to try to get him involved and ultimately what i did notice is that hertz has needs to make a very big jump I I have given like me personally. If it was me making the call, I uh, I feel that he has earned his way into the starting role to start next season, and that he gets the season. However, he's got to start to learn. There were open looks. There were open plays. I mean, I, I know that I've seen it on Baldy. I've seen it from Brian Westbrook that there were spots on the field that were wide open, that he was too busy trying to figure out where to run rather than where to pass. And because of that, that was the problem. Like he, like there's, you know, he was starting to scramble. And then once he started to scramble, they knew they had him. So he wasn't going to go anywhere. And that's why I feel like he needs to learn how to throw to an area, an open area, and be able to stick in the pocket a little longer before it starts to collapse. And when it collapses, when it finally collapses, that's when we want you to run. You know, in the meantime, you got to throw the ball and you got to throw it faster. I mean, that that interception, that interception in the end zone was such a bad throw that he waited so long for it. That it was, uh, it's like, uh, I, it happened in my end zone, the end zone I was sitting in. And I'm like, don't throw that ball. And he threw it. And of course it was intercepted. And I was just like. The word the word I was going to use with Jalen Hurts is tunnel vision. A lot of young quarterbacks I find, even Josh Allen uh, in his first year had uh, uh, some tunnel vision. And uh, I think in the off season, hopefully next year, the game will start to slow down for Hertz because when a game speeds up, that's when young quarterbacks especially make mistakes. So if he can get to that point where the game and the defense can slow down for him, he'll make better decisions, I believe, next year. Well, and, and let's hope, let's hope, because uh, I think that I think he's got a lot of the intangibles. I, I feel like that the one you know problem that he has is he's his arm strength. You know, and his delivery, his release is very slow, too. And that's those are the problems. You need to be able to have a good release, a quick release and some zip on that ball, even if it was a little bit faster. I mean, that ball was just like, you know, like I could have ran on the field from where I was and intercepted that ball in the end zone. It was just it, I felt like it was that slow. And he was able to he tell you like you telegraphed. Who he was going to throw to, and the yep. safety bit on it, and you know there it was, and he was wide open. I mean, the cornerback fell down, so all he had to do was throw it earlier, like two seconds earlier, and Devontae would have had that. I was going to say so uh, quickly before we wrap up the Eagles. What 
what do you think they need to do in the offseason to make this football team better? And uh, what are your expectations for this 2022? Are you pretty optimistic? Or are you still kind of, we'll just wait and see what happens? Uh, I feel that we're definitely trending upward. I feel that we, obviously, a lot's going to be put on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. And ultimately, what's going to wind up happening is, is that the rebuild would happen next year in the terms of the quarterback itself and only the quarterback. That's where we're going to learn whether whether Jalen Hurts is going to be able to lead this team moving forward or not. And right now, that's a big 50-50. You know, the, what this game was doesn't define him as a player completely, but it does define how we look at him moving forward. And um, I agree with you there, Jamie. Also, I was going to say the Eagles had a winning record. They beat teams they should have beat, which was great. But I believe they didn't win a game this year against a winning team. So I think next year the Eagles are going to have to to improve on beating the the, the playoff-type teams as well. So just, just to announce that, they were they only lost one game that they should have won all season long, and that was against the Giants, that first game against the Giants. They wound up being like 86% against teams. They were the best in the NFL against bad teams. You know, like, so obviously you can only play, and they had, they said, that uh, strength of schedule, they had the easiest strength of schedule in, you know, I believe in like 18 years. Wow. Wow. That it's that it's been so like wow. the that they had uh, the teams that they went up against were combined like uh, four thirty. So you can only play who you can play. So to win those games means a lot. It says okay that we do have some talent on these teams, and this talent was able to put it together for you know the games that they were supposed to win. The games that they weren't supposed to win, they didn't win. And that says something about the team. It says, okay, you know, we were better than expected. We were better than the bad teams. Does that make us a bad team? Eh, The best of a bad bunch, maybe. But, I mean, all those other teams, you know, that could have, I mean, look at the Colts. Should have been in the playoffs. Yeah, blew it against Jacksonville. Absolutely, absolutely, they should have been. Look at the Ravens last year; they were a playoff team. They got to the divisional round. They didn't make it. So you know what? I would say overall, this season was uh, successful for me. I, I agree. I agree, and I feel like that those are the things that are the most important moving forward. When you look at that, and obviously we didn't beat a team with a winning record at the time. Obviously, we beat the Saints. With you know they they had a winning record, but they had a third string quarterback. So blah blah blah. It's not my fault. It's not the Eagles' fault that they had to get down to the third string quarterback. But they were able to win the games they were supposed to win, and by doing that, they earned their right to be in the playoffs. Now, were they prepared for the playoffs? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They were way out of line, and you could tell that. Yeah, you know, they they messed up on a lot of different schemes in general. 
and the on the offense. You know, them going with a way outside, that, that put the strength back into Tampa Bay's hands. They needed to be going off tackle, literally right around, right around the tackle. And because we have that strength, that tackle, that was where we needed to go. But they went wide, and by going wide, the, the linebackers were able to get good, good reads on the play and get those plays for losses, which is why they weren't able to score, you know, get any yardage for real. I mean, they only went 95 yards rushing when they ran for 150 yards all season long. I felt that they needed to do things a lot differently, and they didn't. And once you stop doing the running game because you started to get way behind, yep. you know, at that point, it's like, okay, well, the game is over then because you know that you knew that Hertz wasn't going to do it. Well, like you said, the off season is going to be very important with uh, with free agency and the draft. Uh, it's important how he gets it right with these three first round picks too. I agree. I agree. It's going Absolutely. to be important. This is going to be a make it or break it year for Howie Roseman as uh, president and GM of the Eagles. Uh, well, you know, I think that. Oops. I can see you, Jamie. I just lost your audio. Yeah, something happened with your audio there. I think you're back, right? Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was something happened with my microphone. It happens. It happens. Yeah. So I I feel that in 2018 and 2019, when we lost Joe Douglas, uh, they had they made changes and they did things without that extra voice in the room last year they had the extra voice in there and i felt like this draft was a hell of a lot better draft than it was in 2020 and 2019 so i feel that they have that guy in place uh, i also i mean the fact that the raiders fired mayock i swear i would spend some money and get him involved I would absolutely get him involved. I think that the Raiders made a big mistake there. Oh yeah. I think that I think that the NFL, the some of these NFL franchises have made really poor decisions on some of the things that they're that they did. The Miami Dolphins firing yep, you know, Flores, Flores. Yeah. And and Mayock being fired. You know, I, I again I didn't I don't feel that that was right. Well. Mark Davis wants a big name. I'm going to tell you this. The son of Al Davis, the late owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, wants to bring in big names. And to me, I think Mike Mayock did a good job or a decent job. And then their, their interim coach, Rich Sirachi, I believe. I don't believe they're going to bring him back either, even though this team overcame a lot with John Gruden resigning and all the drama. They still made the playoffs. Okay, they lost, but they lost to a very good Cincinnati team, and now the owner just wants to start over again. And uh, like I said, Derek Carr might be out of there too as well, and I still think he's a good quarterback. Well, actually, I, I heard the opposite, that they were going to sign Derek Carr, then okay. sign a general manager, and then sign a coach, which I thought is way backwards. You know, that, that's like, okay, you sign the general manager, then figure out the coach, then figure out whether you want that quarterback. Definitely. That's and before, what I think. Okay. And before we preview the divisional games, quick thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy should be fired or not for that last second call. I hope they keep him. 
Same I here. Thank you. I same here because to me, you got no timeouts left. If you're going to run like that, you need to get out of bounds because. And, sure. and well, that, yeah, nah, so they do that play a lot. Yeah. Actually, they've done that play a lot. The problem was is that they typically do it with about 14 seconds left on the clock, and they did it with 10 or 10. like 12 seconds left. Not so you time. lost the two seconds. You lost those two seconds. The two seconds was valuable, and then the. You know, you could blame the refs. The refs got to place the ball on every down. That was the biggest thing that Chip Kelly taught. You know, to bring back Chip Kelly here a little bit. Chip Kelly said, you get when you're down, go and run the ball to the ref. Don't throw it. Don't yep. do whatever. You get the ball to the ref so that he could place it down and you could have that next play start right away. That's what... That they didn't do that, and you could Dak. The fact that Dak went ahead and said, "Oh, it was you know, the uh, fans should have been angry and thrown stuff on the field." You know what? That just shows that you have no sense of real whatsoever. You blew the game, Dak. You blew the game. Had you had you dove, had you slid at the thirty-two yard line rather than going all the way up to the twenty-five, you'd have saved two seconds. You'd have done. There's a lot of things that you could have did differently that you didn't do, and it's your fault, Dak, that you lost. I don't know. You could say that McCarthy made that call. The problem is, is that McCarthy, the McCarthy, wasn't there on the field. I think McCarthy sucks as a coach, which means that he's right on time for the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I feel. I feel that Dallas sucks and McCarthy sucks. So the, that's a match made in heaven. And then at the end of the game, I don't. They said originally they were throwing it at the at the the Cowboys players, but I guess they were throwing garbage at the refs too. And I'm like, not real classy. And you know what? If Philly had done that, everybody would have been up in arms. But I'll tell you this: uh, I've seen more stuff from other teams' fans this year with bad behavior than the Eagles. The Eagle fans seem to get a bad rap, in my opinion. Well, anytime that there's a little skirmish between a Philadelphia fan and whoever they're playing. That makes public news. But when the Rams were fighting not only not only the other team, but each other and yep. like knocking people out left and right, you know, it's like the one guy, the one guy like punched three guys. One of them was his own fan. You know, it was another Rams fan. You know what I mean? And that never got any play whatsoever. You know what I mean? Come on. I mean, this is yep. this is what I'm talking about. It's just yep. like the media is biased. You know, yep. against Philadelphia yep. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, they didn't you know, the, the big brawl, a 12 person brawl between the 49ers and the Cowboys fans, you know, that happened it wasn't even really a blip. Definitely. Um, I was going to say the NFC East to me next year is up for grabs because I think Dallas has got a lot of issues. I think Philadelphia is on the right path. Um, Washington, it depends if they can get themselves a franchise quarterback. The Giants are a complete mess right now. So to me, really, the NFC East next year will probably really be between Dallas and Philadelphia again, to be honest. I mean, I mean, the Giants are going to be going through a whole philosophical change. And I yep. think that I feel like the Jets as far and I'm going to bring them up really quickly just because they play in the same stadium, that the Jets have started to uptrend and that they are starting to figure things out the right way. They got a lot to build off of. They need they need a lot more to go. So it's not like that they're out of they're out of the slump yet, the slums yet. But I feel that they are coming out and the Giants are going in. 
and Definitely. the Giants are, are that I hear that Doug Peterson may be the coach over there. And I think that that would be the worst professional decision he could make. I feel like that the Giants are a train wreck that are just going to be a train wreck for a couple of years. I also think Arizona is going to be in, in search for a head coach as well, because they started out so good again for the second consecutive year. And then they just fell apart the last month and a half. And then the way they got manhandled by the Rams last night, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be let go. That's my gut feeling in Arizona. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. I, I, and I also believe, you know, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think, I think Ertz comes back. Zach Ertz, I they, yeah. I, I think they re-sign him. He you know, had I a think, he had a good year. He had a good year in Arizona. He, yeah. I thought he was productive. And, and they completely. I mean, that, the Rams took him away in that game. They 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 did not give him the opportunity to catch anything really. So they were all over him. And I I think he comes back next year. As funny as that sounds. Okay, and what we're going to do is just wrap up it up with uh, the preview, Jamie. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee, San Fran at Green Bay, and then Sunday we've got the Bucks and the Rams from uh, Tampa, and then Buffalo and Kansas City, which I would have rather had in the AFC title game uh, next Sunday night in the divisional round. If we can, I just get your thoughts on those matchups and who you're per- predicting to win those games. I like Cincinnati over ten- Tennessee. To start it off, I feel that I, I'm a big fan of Joe Burrows. And, oh, yeah. And just uh, even with all the stuff that the Raiders fans are are, are crying about, and, and I understand, you know what I mean? We could say whatever you want. Truth of the matter was is that after that game, they after that play, you know, that the, the phantom whistle or whatever they want to call it, that they ran down, they went down the field and scored a touchdown. So that really negated that call. And then the whole second half, the whole second half, they had opportunities and just didn't take advantage of it. So I, as much as that all is, I was really impressed with the way Joe Burrows handled the press conference afterwards, where he was like, okay, I, uh, you know, this is not the icing on the cake. This is the cake. And I want every crumb. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to eat it all. And and I like that type of machismo out of a quarterback. Uh, I, I like I said, you know, one of the first games that he played, the Eagles stomped all over him, sacked him eight times. He kept getting up and brushing it off and keep going. And they wound up tying that game. So isn't it always interesting that it, it, all the ties in the NFL come out of the AFC Central? It seems always like seems it. to happen that way. Uh, but I I feel that. This is the game that I think is going to be a surprise and start to elevate him for next year to be a Super Bowl contender. Definitely. And I was going to say, uh, Jamie, it's 31 years for those Cincinnati fans to celebrate a playoff win. That's hard to believe because they've had Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton. They've had some decent, good quarterbacks. 31 years. So that means the Detroit Lions now have the longest playoff win drought at 29. And guess who the Lions' last playoff win against was in 1991? 38-6 over the Dallas Cowboys. There you go. There you I go. like to stick it to Dallas anytime I can. Dallas losing is almost as good as Philly winning. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I am a full full fan, and I give my I give my thumbs up to that. Dallas sucks. Yep. Okay, from my prediction on that quickly, Jamie, I've got Cincinnati winning thirty one twenty eight. 
Well, and I think so. I I think that Tennessee has got a good defense. They, but Henry is not going to, you know, even if he does play, he's not going to be what you think he's going to be, you know, and and I think that's the big deal and that he's going to take away carries from their other running backs. And it's actually going to be a detriment to them, not a help. Okay. The next game we want to get to is San Francisco at Green Bay. I'm going with the Packers. They're at Lambeau. Uh, Rogers seems to be motivated for another Super Bowl run. I've got them winning 28 to 17 over the Niners. I I'd be surprised if they score 17. Uh, I, I 13 is what I kind of have it at. Like okay. I have it at 31, 13. I, I feel you're right. I think that the Packers are going to be ready to go, and that it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to make that Buffalo game look like it was played at the beach. So it could be like negative degrees when they start that game. And my thoughts are is that San Francisco at least has a little bit better opportunity, but I, I don't believe that they're going to be able to handle it. And Garoppolo's just Bang not – yeah, he's just not going to be able to do the things he wants to do in that type of cold. Definitely. And uh, we both agree on those. And then the uh, Sunday games, we have the Rams at the Bucks at 3.30. What's your thoughts quickly on that? Uh, if the Rams are able to do to the Bucks exactly what they did to Arizona in terms of the defensive line, it's going to be Brady versus the defensive line, and it's going to be Cooper Cup versus the cornerbacks of Tampa. And I feel that, you know, I thought that Arizona was going to be the better matchup for Tampa. I thought that that would be the one to knock off Tampa. But after watching the Rams play that game, I I believe that the Rams win it, and you know you have uh, you know, that quarterback over there. Brad is it Bradford? Not Bradford. Um, Matt Stafford. Stafford. That. Thank yeah. you. First playoff uh, win. First playoff yeah, win too. He's going to get his second win, and it's going to be against Brady. And the fact that it's warm there and stuff like that's going to help them. Definitely. Uh, I can't disagree with you on that, Jamie, but. I I've learned this for many years. I still got to go with the Bucks at home. Uh, I'm saying 28 21 over the Rams. I think uh, Brady will pull off his late magic uh, at the end. It'll be 21 20 Rams at the end of the game, and I think Brady will lead them to a, a touchdown at the end of the game. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'm hoping the Rams can upset them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the biggest deal is going to be the fact that their center is dang, dinged up as he did. He got dinged up in the Eagles game, and their tackle as of right now is out. Wow. Their, you know, their their right tackle is out, so that's going to be a really big deal for Brady. And you know, that's that's where you're going to put Von Miller. You know, Von Miller is going to come from that side, and you're going to have Donald coming up to center, and that's where that's where Brady has his biggest problems. You know, in the a gaps. You know, when they when that pocket starts to creep in on him, yep. that's where he has his issues. So, and I feel like that's where the Rams' strengths are. Which team's going to show up if they the team that played against Arizona shows up? Excellent chance to win. But the Rams have also been a little inconsistent this year, so I think the key is going to be a good start, and we'll see which Rams team shows up on Sunday. Exactly. That's exactly correct. Okay, and then we're probably going to save the best game for last: Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo in this game. If they play the way they did against New England, I think Buffalo will win this game 41-38. I don't think there'll be many punts in this game. And I think the team that has the ball at the end is most likely going to win this game. They are unable to 
take three points. Yeah, you, know, you know, against the Patriots, I mean, it was interesting. It's like, hey, they got the ball, touchdown. They got the ball, touchdown. They got the ball, touchdown. I think it was eight consecutive touchdowns. Seven, seven for seven. Yeah. So that that is like ungodly. You know, that's that that doesn't happen. No, you know, especially against no. a Belichick team. I think. You know, and I, I, I love to believe that their offense is that good. I don't believe it is. And I think that it's going to be a close game. I agree with that. And yeah. I, I just, I feel like the Chiefs are going to take it. You know, that the Chiefs right now are still the team to beat. And they're at home. It's one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. It's not going to be as cold. However, it will be a different type of cold. And, you know, Andy Reid is just... You know, as much as, you know, some Philly people don't like him, he just knows how to win these games. And I actually have it the other way. I have Buffalo losing 37 to 44. 44, 37. Regardless, it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a toss-up. And I think it's going to be a, a video-type game back and forth. But I do think turnovers could be a factor in this game. I agree. I agree. And... I, once once he starts to get rattled, and when I say he, I mean uh, Allen, that's a bad sign for Buffalo. If their offense line protects him, their offense line has been healthy the last six weeks, six games, and uh, they now have a running game with Devin Singletary. So uh, I think it's going to all start with the Lions too. But I think this game's going to be a toss-up, and I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last and, and which team makes a mistake first. Uh, well, I, I think that it may even come down to a couple of mistakes. Yeah, so, like and whoever whoever wins the turnover battle, because I feel like it's going to be a two to one battle that, that both yep. teams are going to have turnovers. Yep. Uh, yep. That whoever's whoever's leading in that department is likely going to be leading yep. at the end of the game. Definitely. Anyways, Jamie, I'm going to let you go because you got your Flyers game tonight. Is the Flyers where they taking? Who are they taking on tonight? Uh, they're taking on the Islanders. They were supposed to take on Detroit originally. That yeah. game was pushed back, back, and they actually take on the Islanders tonight. And this is like a, a home and home back, you know, back to back. And right now, the Flyers are not doing so well. So I'm hoping to energize them a little bit with my voice. Okay, well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on at the last minute and talking a little bit about the Eagles and uh, previewing these NFL games, Jamie. And maybe I can have you on uh, before, just before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl and, and talk about that as well. Uh, I'd love to do it. Just uh, let me know when and I'll be there. Okay, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And uh, enjoy the game. Go Flyers tonight. Go Flyers. Thank you very much for having me. And I'll talk to you again soon. You too. Thanks, Jamie. All right, take care. You too. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, podcast today with the uh, Philly sports guy. We were just previewing the uh, Eagles 2021 season and their uh, defeat to Tampa Bay in the um, in their wild card game as well. So just give me one second, guys. And I'm just going to let you know the next live with CDP podcast is going to be tomorrow, Wednesday, January 19th at 730 Eastern. My guest is going to be Taryn from uh, Taryn from Accountant. She's a female pro wrestler uh, with Nation Extreme Wrestling and Royal Canadian Wrestling, and she's going to come on and talk about her career as a pro wrestler and uh, 
and being with those organizations uh, new, which is the Nation Extreme Wrestling and Real Canadian Wrestling. So I hope you guys can tune in tomorrow at 7.30 and it'll be a, a pro wrestling uh, show with uh, Taryn. Uh, Taryn from accountant. So I really appreciate her coming on as well. And also guys, just to let you know, uh, Guelph Storm tonight are back at home without fans for the first time in a month tonight against Flint at seven o'clock. And uh, the game will be on Rogers TV and CJOY 1460. Then the Storm will be home Friday night against the Sioux Greyhounds and Saturday night at home against those London Knights. And then Sunday on the road at London. So a busy week for the Storm. Hopefully they can get all these four games in. And I will be doing the game with Rogers TV this Saturday night against uh, the London Knights. I'm looking forward to that as well. And also, guys, let's see. Live with CDP podcast, the audio version will be downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching uh, live today on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't. Thank you to those who watched on Facebook Live and on my Twitter page, at Chris D. Palme as well. And you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP as well. Again, I apologize. My original guest, Lisa uh, Palizzi, uh, news director from uh, WIVB Channel 4 in Buffalo, had something come up at the last minute. So she was unfortunately uh, not able to come on as well. And also, guys, uh, just want to say, again, uh, Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is now being listened to in 12 countries. Thank you so much for everyone listening. And Sweden's the latest country as well. So, and also to update, the Patriots still have the most wins in the NFL postseason with 37 wins, Green Bay 36, Steelers 36, Dallas 35 still. Tom Brady himself has 35. San Francisco has 33 playoff wins, and the Raiders have 25. And as we talked about the Raiders, they fired their GM, Mike Maylock, uh, yesterday. And it looks like they're going to bring in a new GM and coach as well. And uh, I still feel Arizona might fire Cliff Kingsbury uh, for their performance against the Rams, but we'll see. But anyways, guys, uh, I'm going to wrap this show up. But uh, I just want to, again, thank you so much to the Philly sports guy, uh, Jamie, for coming on on such short notice and talking a little Eagles football and previewing the NFL as well. So uh, just before we go, guys, uh, anybody, let's see, comments. Uh, let's see, uh, Marina, uh, hello, hello. Thank you for watching and uh, popping by as well. And let's see, guys. And I want to say again, thank you to Robert B uh, for my new opening intro. And just to honor Robert, I'm going to play it on the way out. So anyways, guys, I uh, just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on to Live with CDP podcast today. And uh, look forward to my next show uh, tomorrow. So one second, guys, and I'm going to just play my opening intro before I head out.
Anyways, guys, thank you, Robert B., for doing that opening intro for my podcast. And thanks again to Philly Sports Guy, Jamie, for coming on. I hope everybody has a great night. And we'll see you guys tomorrow night at 7.30 for Season 2, Episode 51 of Live with CDP Podcast with pro wrestler Taryn from Accounting uh, and out, out in Vancouver and Alberta. All right, guys, have a great night, guys. And we'll see you tomorrow night at 7.30 for another edition of Live with CDP Podcast.